everybody, welcome to episode 67 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy DeResta. 1967 is my birth year, so this is going to be a good one. Nice. And David Pachuto. Hey man, what's up? Not much, what's going on? I'm just having what's a up? good time here. Right on. One day we got to play the outtakes, the things that happen just before we start. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I don't know Every if it'd be funny to anybody but us, but... <laughs> yep. We'll see. Yep. We had a rough start, but now here we are. Yeah. Bob had a rough on, start. Let's, I let's stumble be on real my words. clear. Yeah, let's be yeah. real clear. You can That's pin it on me. That's fine. <laughs> well, what's up? What are you guys working on? What well, you been up to? I don't have anything on my bench right now because uh, in the morning we're taking off to Richmond, Indiana. Kelly is taking some basket making classes. If you don't know, she's a basket maker. And it just so happens that in Richmond, Indiana, they have what's called Antique Alley. And so I'm going to take my camera and I'm just going to do some vlog style stuff of me trying to find things in these many, many antique stores that they have to find something to upsell or uh, upcycle. And uh, I just finished the upcycle of the clock and had a really good reaction with that. And uh, was it uh, last week we went to a flea market and I filmed me buying stuff there. I haven't put out that video yet. haven't had a chance to, to edit it. So that's what I'm working on right now. And... Um, Last night, I had a awesome time recording with the Reclaimed Audio guys. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. You're going to be on with them? Yeah. And it was it was real fun. We talked about changes and lifestyle changes, uh, changes in the shop. And it was it was a really good topic. And I was able to. Yeah, those to, guys are awesome. Yeah. I'm giving Tim, I think I told him, giving Tim one of my old saws. So cool. I'm going to go out there and see him. And we're going to shoot together in his shop eventually in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Good, good yep. guys. Cool. Do you know when's that episode coming out? Do you know? I actually don't know. It's out for their Patreon uh, subscribers or followers right now, so I would imagine that's coming out real soon. Probably by the time you hear this. Awesome. I am working on a few videos right now. Actually, I finally got to doing some videos for my channel. So I'm working on a leather backpack for my channel, which is good because I'm making the hardware in brass. I'm actually doing the leather work, which is something that I'm not extremely experienced in. So you'll be learning along with me and I'm taking some bizarre, weird approaches. So I can only imagine the leather workers are going to be watching, punching their computer screens. And, uh, so that's the goal, right? (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. The goal is to just try and get it done. But like when things like funnel through my brain, they're always done back asswards. So we'll see, we'll see how that comes out. I'm in still in process with that. There's still a, a, a long way from the goal. And, uh, I bought a dovetail jig at the Atlantic show, at the Atlanta show, and I started playing around with that. And then, David, you were talking about going through antique shops. It's a big thing for me to walk through antique shops and look for ideas and see things that I already know about, but I don't think about. And when I see something, I go, oh, that's something Hmm. I could work on. So it's a great thing to walk through antique shops, even if you're not going to pay for anything or buy anything. So that's a big part of my thought process, because I'm always, and there's a few upstate that I hit. Cool. And- one of the last times I walked through an antique shop, there was these factory bins and it was made in wood with like a handle on either end. And I just took a digital picture of it. But when I got back to my shop and I started thinking, what can I use this dovetail jig for? In the process of making my ice picks, I end up with these bins all the time and I, and I, I kind of knock them out quickly on the table saw and I always try and make them all the same size. And I end up giving them to the guys where, who's, who sell my, who ship my ice picks so I give them so the bins are all over the place. So I decided to use the dovetail jig to make four 
you know, air quotes, factory bins for my ice pick process. But in the, in the meantime, I'll make these four cool boxes that I won't readily leave somewhere else and they'll be around my shop. So they'll be used in the process of me manufacturing my ice picks. And the dovetail jig takes a little bit of trickery to get right. But once it works, it's just like a dream. Hmm. And uh, I'm happy to play is with it, that. Is there something like really specific about this one that works well versus other ones? Or is it just... No, I, I mean, I think if you see anybody use them, sometimes you have the ones that have like the blind dovetails. It has like kind of the rounded dovetails. It like kind of takes the shape of the router bit. This is one just free clear through. It looks just like a regular dovetail when you're done. This shows in, on all sides. And uh, I was telling, before we got started, I was telling David... So I was in the middle of making this video, which is still half done. I'm making four bins out of this one chunk of wood that I had. It was a plank. And I was in the process of cutting the, the dovetails, and I have the uh, the bit that's tapered. That would be for cutting the, the dove, the cutting the tails. And I had the router bit running, and I, I had the router running, and I put it down, and I put the bit too close to one of my steel bricks. And the two little tiny pieces of uh, uh, carbide steel that stick off the end of the bit tap that and they both broke off so now my oh. dovetail bit is no longer a dovetail bit it's a broken router bit <laughs> and uh i tried to use like in the video you'll see i actually used it for one last shot and it immediately began to burn because it was missing like the two most important pieces that cut the hole so i got home late sunday night and i rush ordered two more dovetail bits hopefully they come in time for me to finish this video so that's annoying little production problem yeah. with with where you live is there a place like around the corner that you can go quickly and pick up things? Nope. No, I mean, I could probably hail Mary and check the hardware store if this doesn't come today or tomorrow morning, but likely they don't have it because it's a seven degree dovetail bit made by Peachtree or sold by Peachtree, mm. probably made by somebody else. But I bought it at the show uh, where they had the Peachtree woodworking catalog there. They had everything from the catalog there. And uh, it, it is kind of annoying that I do not have a woodcraft. There's no woodcraft in all of New York State that I'm aware of. When I go through any other city, there's always, I always like, oh, there's a woodcraft, oh, there's a woodcraft. We don't have any place here that specializes in woodworking tools, which is extremely annoying. Hmm. And um, what else did I want to tell you? Um, oh, working on the kindergarten tables, Dave and I started working a video for that today. I made three of them already. We're going to make another four, so I'm videotaping the next four, because now that we're practiced in the art of making these tables, it'll look better. Um, I always say you go, to, you go to school on the first few, and then you figure it out. And so that's why now we finally started to film. So that video will be me and Dave. And then Dave and I are going to be upstate next week working on a really interesting project. I just kind of booked today. I sat down with the, uh, my client and we went through some serious notes. I'm building a big beehive house. Oh. It's going to have 18 beehives in it. It's going to basically be a, a house on a farm. We're going to build it in my backyard, which just happens to be about five miles from the farm that's going to have this bee He's going to, he's raising echinacea and honey. So he's going to use both echinacea and honey from this farm. So part of his promotional video, he's a friend of mine that just started a cosmetics line called pharmacy. And with an so F the part, yeah, that's right. With an F pharmacy, it's in, it's in a couple of the big retails right now. It's in Sephora, which was their first big opening. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so he's doing really well, much better than he ever expected. So, uh, this beehive house is going to be part promotion for some of the video he's doing. But Dave and I discussed, so Dave's going to use his quad. Hopefully, Dave's going to do a video. I'm going to do a video, and then they're going to do a video. So there'll be three videos on this beehive house that we have to build from Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. I have to install it, hmm. which is a few miles. So we're going to build it in pieces and do like a barn barn raising uh, about six, seven miles from my house. 
cool. this should be interesting. I have no idea what to expect. It should be fun, but you know, come hell or high water, it's going to get done. What are you making out of? I'm uh, going to use fresh cut lumber from a couple of sawmills right near my house. Hmm. It's going to be a kind of a board, uh, board and batten style that you see like on old farms. So you have like a, a 10 inch board and a two inch board, a 10 inch board and a two inch board mm-hmm. that overlaps the joint. So it's going to be like that. Yeah, it kind of just fits the, it suits the farm style that's already on the property. So awesome. Looking forward to getting all that done. Yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be, is the weather good for building outside and all that right now up there? I uh, hope so. Cause we're going to be building <laughs> in the rain or the sunshine, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Cause as you know, I don't have a big garage. Yeah. Well, so we'll see what happens there. Like, so we're going to do all the fabrication in my yard and then bring it down the road to the place, install it on the, on next Thursday. Awesome. That'll be cool. Um, for me, I just got back from uh, New Orleans. I was in New Orleans this weekend for Mini Maker Fair. Gave a talk down there. And uh, I did a talk by myself and then a talk with uh, a couple other guys that were local. And both went really well. The people were awesome. Uh, New Orleans is, is really cool. I'd never it's been great, there before, right? so it was interesting to like see you know a lot of new stuff. I didn't get to see tons of the city, but I got to walk, walk through the French Quarter by myself, you know, for a day. That was fun. And, uh, there was a French Quarter Fest was going on at the time. So there were tons of, there were like 23 stages or something set up outside all over that area. So there was just tons of, you know, brass bands and all yeah. sorts of stuff. It was great. It's, it's a great, great part of the country to hang out in. And then I ended up in, after the Maker Fair, I found that there's a place called City Park right there near it, which is a huge beautiful park and I just kind of stumbled onto it. And so I spent another afternoon walking around in city park and, uh, I got some questions to do like a Q and a video. So I was walking around doing Q and a and that was fun, but yeah, it was a really good trip. Great. People were great. Talk was great. Maker fair was, it's a mini one. So it was relatively small, but it was pretty good size. And I think they said it was considerably bigger than the last couple that they'd had. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I went there last year. It was great. Met some really good people. Yeah, they all spoke very highly of both of you guys, but you know, you from having been there last year. It was uh, fun. Cameron's a nice guy. He was running the show still, Cameron. Yep. 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 Cool. I was going to try and make it, but I just had so many things jammed up. I was actually in Virginia Beach uh, over the weekend, so I had to go for a family party. So yeah, I I missed uh, the opportunity to go. Well, maybe we'll all go back down there sometime. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I had lunch with. Uh, Really nice couple and, uh, you know, got to meet some like local people that are makers down there and talk to them about, you know, what they're doing and, and what the city's like and stuff. So it was cool. I got to go visit, um, there's a couple of maker spaces in New Orleans. One of them was called Idea, like I-D-I-Y-A, you know, mm. clever naming. <laughs> um, so I got to go see that space. It was really cool. Um, they've been going for a year or so, I think, and then they're expanding it. So I got to see the expansion and they told me about what they're doing. And then there was another one that I was supposed to be able to go to that I didn't, I got a really bad headache one night. And so I couldn't, I just ended up staying in the room, but I missed the chance to go to this one. And this one is called, um, the pin church. And that's the name of the building that it's in. And basically it's a, an old church that they converted into a pinball museum. So it's pinball machine museum slash makerspace slash, audio studio and stage it's it sounds awesome yeah and uh so the talk that i one of the talks i did was with the both of the guys that run those two different maker spaces and they have very different approaches and you know different 
people that use their space and all this stuff. And um, I'd actually kind of like to talk with you guys about some of the stuff that we talked about in that talk, but we'll get to that. Um, anyway, so it, it was a great weekend. Uh, it was I'm very cool. I'm not quite sure how to help you with that. Oh, let me tell you about that. <laughs> Is that Alexa? <laughs> that is Alexa. Who's Alexa? Oh, oh, never, is that the, never mind the thing Alexa. from Amazon? It's funny because I had that. I did not plan that, but that was perfect. I, I had that listed here as in my notes as follow up on Echo. <laughs> I thought we don't have guests. What's who is this? Uh, this is this is Alexa. Okay, well, well, I've talked about this before, right? The Amazon Echo thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I, they just released a small one, and it doesn't have the speaker in it, so it's cheaper, and you hook it up to your own speaker, but it does the same thing. But since she's here. Alexa, tell me a joke. Why do ghosts make good cheerleaders? Because they have so much spirit. Mm. Yeah, she's not great at jokes, but um, <laughs> I was just going to point out the fact that it's so cool to have this thing like in my office at my desk. It's hooked up to the speakers of my computer. And so, uh, you know, I can just like call out what I want it to play and it just starts playing music. Ask her if she knows the birthday of one of the founding fathers. Whose birthday is it tomorrow? Oh, it's tomorrow or today? I think it's tomorrow. I think it's today. It's today, Mo. (laughs) (laughs) Alexa, when is Thomas Jefferson's birthday? Thomas Jefferson's birthday is April 13th. Ooh, you're right. It is tomorrow. Anyway. I was going to point out the fact that it's I'm super smarter cool. than Alexa. You are. It, it is nah. smarter than me. I was the one that was wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, this thing is super cool. This one's called the Echo Dot. And it's like, like I said, it's just like they cut the head off the top of the Echo. And so it's just the microphone, just the button and the light and everything. And you hook it up to your own speakers. And so it's cheaper, uh, but it still does all the same stuff. And it, it's super cool. Is that the know. one that they showed untested a, a few days ago? They may have. I'm not sure. Is, is it is it like a pancake version? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's short. It's like they literally just cut the top two inches off of the the big one. Cool. I so know it can, from. The, I happen to see a commercial with uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh yeah, those are good. About it. That's that's how I first saw it. Yeah. Anyway, they're super cool, and I know I'm a nerd about stuff like that. But anyway, well, that's it's a lot cool. Of fun. It's like you know I have Siri on my phone, as do many of us. And uh, lately, Taylor has encouraged me, and I don't know if I probably talked about this to. Tell Siri to remind me to do things, and it's actually been a great help. I'm yeah. remembering to do it more and more often. So. Yeah, it's really handy. And especially once you start getting all those things connected to each other and connected to all your other, you know, there's, it's like a rabbit hole you can go down. Wait till they start, wait till they all start making plans without you. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot to pick this up from the store. I didn't know I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, well, I was, what I'll, are you doing home? <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? Leave the room right now. Alexa, what are you doing in here? Is that Alexa or my wife? Alexa, never mind. (laughs) Now, every time I say her name, it it lights up. Anyway. Actually, Alexa just emailed me. She said, Bob who? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, there were, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the talks that I was a part of this weekend. Um, And it was just, it was really cool because there were two people that were running different maker spaces. And so one of them is very focused on, you know, like, hey, we have, we, we build the resources, right? So this is a place with all the tools that you need to do 3D printing, laser, uh, garment printing, 
they had, you know, sewing machines and they just were building out their wood shop. They were going to be working at metalworking. You know, it's just like a resource place, right? You get membership. And that's what we typically think of as a makerspace these days. The other one was more about um, building a community of people around common things that they like to do. So he had a makerspace. He had tools available. And he also had audio production facility uh, so people could do podcasts. Um, you know, he had the pinball stuff. And he was trying to build a community of people that all worked well together so that they could come up with projects to do collaboratively. So this is a little bit different in, you know, mindset between you go there to do your thing at one of them and the other one you go there to meet people to do things together, you know. That's maybe, cool. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a subtle difference. But um, so we had a, a big talk about that and how, you know, diversity should be promoted within a, either one of those type of spaces to get more women in there and to get out lots of different age groups and to, you know, include different ethnicities and different income levels and in fact, one of the, the places that's more resource heavy, one of the things that he's trying to promote there is hiring kids in because he's he placed himself intentionally, this makerspace, in a low-income area. So he's surrounded by a bunch of people, not a bunch of people, some of the people just can't afford to be a part of this. And so his way around that is, hey, why don't I give you a job? You come in here, you do some work in the space as a way to be able to use the space. And so he's providing jobs, he's getting kids off the street, and he's helping people who, you know, like you and I come up with an idea, we go there, prototype it in the space, and then we want to start selling them on Etsy, but we don't have time. So he hires people out of the neighborhood to come in and do the production on oh, these man. things. You know, That's so great. It's yeah. a really cool, you know, cool idea. And these two spaces both had really cool ideas, but they were different ideas within the same city, within the same, you know, boxes, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really cool and I was curious if you guys had any more thoughts about that but then also thinking about makerspaces as a resource on the way home I was thinking about this guy that does podcasting and how how cool would it be if the idea of a makerspace expanded a little bit to also be to provide resources for media production so imagine like one of us wants to make stuff and we want to make YouTube videos about it, but we don't have cameras and we don't have tools. So then you go mm. to a makerspace and you create your thing, but you also have the software and the cameras and the lights and the audio equipment to be able to produce content based on that. That's pretty cool. I don't know if anybody's That's doing that, but... Are we inventing this right now? Are you inventing that? <laughs> Maybe. Idea? I mean, I mean, it's kind of... That's like a roll-off of what one of these places in New Orleans is doing. So it's not like my idea or anything he's providing a bunch of different stuff, but I don't know that, you know, the production facility there is specifically for that reason. Yeah. I know of some right. MCNs that are based out of LA that have production studios for YouTubers to go use mm -hmm. and they have access to green screens and lighting and, and cameras, but I've never heard of, of a studio with making equipment and supplies. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, the, uh, when when I get my space upstate, eventually running and moving along, uh, Dave keep keeps pushing the idea, which I which I love, is the idea of having a bunch of makers up there for whatever particular weekend it is, and you know the goal is to create either several movies or at least one movie uh, of whatever it is that happens. So mm -hmm. everyone gets tasked with building, you know, a race car or whatever it is. You know, I meant to say, a, you know, a pine derby, the ones that they oh, use. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's an example and uh, everybody films their process of it. So out of that same weekend, we all have different things and, and how those videos might cross pollinate, and 
reference each other. So mm. that's something we're going to try and figure out how to do eventually. It's a little different because everyone there, you know, might already be making content or, or, or not. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. That may be something you yeah. want to think about is like another, yeah. just another little angle to add to it. Yeah. To provide some of your experience in making content as part of the process of teaching, you know, like I'm going to teach you how to make this thing or help you make it or enable you to make yeah. it. But also it's, it's teach fun. You I'm just talking to my sister it. about that as well. My sister oh, right yeah. now is a jewelry designer. And she said, should I get a GoPro? Should I? I said, don't get a GoPro, not for jewelry. I said, because she's a very good photographer. I said, just use one of your 35 millimeter cameras and get a really long lens and, you know, make it very intimate. So it's the opposite of a GoPro. So, but she doesn't know any better because she doesn't have experience with it. Hmm. What I like it's about your good. idea is I, I think that what interests me more than videos that people make on stuff is the process of which they go through. So if five people are making a, a Pinewood Derby car, you get to see the thought process of five different people, how they approach the problem and how they reach the solution. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that for my makerspace experience, that's definitely part of it. Like, uh, you know, one of the, one of the ideas on the drawing board is since I have such a big property, send people out to make a shelter and, yeah. you know, just cause it's kind of a fun thing you always see, but from a maker's point of view with a little bit of pressure, see how you could do that, you know, take out some hand tools and make up what you can out of what you can find and videotape that process. So yeah. on that, again, on that same weekend in that same context, you see five or seven different versions of that. So you'd have to tell them like only use two trees or something. Cause you'd go out after a couple of weeks and you're like totally deforested. Cause <laughs> and there's, there's like little huts everywhere, you know? <laughs> it would look like a colony. Now, there's, there's, there's actually on my property, the, now that the beavers are doing their job, there are so many trees down. I, I mean, a, so a friend of mine said, you got to get rid of those damn things. They're going to ruin your property. But hmm. every time we go out there and there's more and more trees chewed down, this is this giant tree, like the bottom of it's um, at least 20 inches diameter. They're working on it. It's taking them a long time, but that thing is going to fall any minute. Hmm. It might have already fallen last time I was there. They had scooped out both sides. It was still hanging on. Like it looked like it has a corset on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> they just start carving from all sides and then it gets smaller and smaller until eventually it just falls from its own weight in any direction. That's crazy. You know, they're not real lumber jack, so yeah. the thing will just fall anywhere. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> um, so, any, yeah, the, the makerspace thing I think is a cool... It's a cool idea to think about like how they can affect a collaborative space like that can affect where it is. Like I hadn't really considered it being in a low income neighborhood for that reason. I thought that was really cool of him. And then the other guy, you know, is using it the same type of space for a very different purpose. So I think it's cool that those can be used in different ways. Part of the conversation though, with the fact that I was there was that, you know, those two guys are doing, they started a thing to serve a very specific purpose in their local community. Whereas me, I am in a bubble, right? I'm, I'm physically disconnected from pretty much everybody who does what I do. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and all of us are to a degree, like we're on our own shops. We yeah. don't like have a lot of, well, other than Jimmy, we don't have a lot of people coming in and out all the time. And, um, so our platform is global, in, in the, at a digital sense, but not in a physical, like, you know, we don't have that personal interaction at a physical level. So it was interesting, the three of us talking about like what we do and what the platform is and what the, what it looks like and how we affect, can affect people, you know, in different ways, mm -hmm. but it was cool. But given all that, I don't have a lot of experience with a physical makerspace. 
like I've never really spent, I've been in one, but I've never really spent time in one. I've never done any work in one. You know? yeah. I haven't I. either. I haven't done in one. I, I've had a lot of meetings that Maker Fair usually has their New York meeting in a couple of different maker spaces around town, but I've never actually had the experience of working in one. The it's libraries here in Toledo have started adding little maker spaces. They have 3D printers and CNCs, and, and they're starting to get into that to try to get the, the kids into the libraries. And I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a couple of guys there from, um, I think they were Baton Rouge, maybe. And they they worked in a library, did the same thing. But they ran that little thing, and so they got to talk about their experience and, like, you know, the reactions of the kids coming in and stuff like that. And in their case, they were saying what happens most often is a kid will come in, they get to look through a digital library of files that they can 3D print, and they buy one, and it's like two bucks or something. And then they start it printing. And then they go off in the library and get their books and do whatever other activity they're going to do. And they come back in 30 or 40 minutes and then they have a thing they get to take with them with their books, you know? So it's mm. kind of like a, it's a way to bring people in and like, oh, well, while it's doing its thing, yeah, go check out some books. You know? It's like it's, Amazon, uh, like you might also like yeah. <laughs> Tom Sawyer. You might also like actual books. <laughs> I just picture kids putting, I mean, I know I would do, I would take a book and stick it right in the CNC maker so I can cut it up. <laughs> Jimmy, you're not allowed in my library. Yeah. No, you know, when I was a kid, I would take books. I would try to read them and I'd say, I can't understand this. And I would take them and I would cut out like the silhouette of like a snowman and you'd open it up and it would be like a big snowman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silhouette of like one quarter of a snowman. You open it up and it turns into a snowman. They see, I learned something. I learned how to make a snowman (laughs) out of a book. How to destroy books. So, um. And I was also always making like vaults, you know, that we cut up in the pages and put stuff in them. Oh, yeah. I've never done that. I mean, I've seen you do that a couple of times. I've actually thought about, and this is one of my ideas for the future, is having the CNC cut out to like, like you see in the old like Westerns, like you open up the the book or the Bible and then there's a cutout of the gun in there. And I've been um, trying to like, how how can I do that on the CNC without the bit catching on the pages? So I was coming up with creative ways to compress all the pages down and then and then cut it and uh, that that could what be a future you, project. Could you like glue all the pages into a single block? Is that kind of you, you could? Um, my thought was you open up the book and then you put down a piece of like quarter inch or eighth inch plywood over top of that and have that clamped down to the pages yeah, really that would, hard. That might work. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. That might work. Yeah. Huh. Well, laser, can you laser cut? How deep could you cut through a pack of paper? We're off the, really off the subject, but it's but, interesting to talk about. <laughs> depending on the la- laser, but most hobby lasers Would it set about it on a quarter fire? of an inch. Uh, possibly. It depends. It, if you have the laser moving fast enough, it won't, uh-huh. it won't catch. And then uh-huh. a lot of the lasers have a little air blower to prevent right. fires from starting in there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And then they shoot water too. So it's like lasers and water and air. It's a really awesome combination. It's, it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and your book looks like used toilet paper when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> all bubbled. <laughs> uh, all right. So I got another little idea that I was thinking of on the way home from New Orleans. And I want to get both of your thoughts on this. This is a fun one. Okay. So I was, it doesn't matter how I thought of this. I'm not going to tell that story. But I got to thinking about <laughs> what. Um, we could use that we already have on us to fix things or make things or whatever. And the reason I kind of thought of this was like, I wear, I wear a belt, but I don't really need to wear a belt because my pants all fit pretty well. And you know what I mean? Like I don't actually need the belt to hold my pants up. (laughs) Yeah. But then I was putting the belt on and I was thinking, 
oh, this is cool. I mean, even if I don't need it, I've got this big piece of leather with me in case I never need a piece of leather. And then I was like, wait, what else do I have on me that I could use to, you know, not necessarily like survive on an island, but, you know, and I'm not talking like multi-tool stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what do you have, you know, like that your wallet's made out of or that your shoes are made out of or that type of thing that you could use to fix? I just thought of some stupid story. (laughs) So I'm already laughing. No, I always like, I you know, like I started seeing the the paracord bracelets where the guys walk around with a paracord bracelet that's like ready to like unwrap to turn into something else that you might need. Mm -hmm. And I always have that. Like my backpack has got a little bit of everything in it. Like I'm always ready for that. But besides my backpack... I always try and keep a little bit of piece of tape on something. You know, I talked about it in some of my videos. And, uh, you know, if you guys have tripods and you're running around town, always keep a, like a bunch of tape on one of the legs of the tripod that you could pull off and use if you need it. So Trustin Timber came by a couple of weeks ago and he gave me a, a credit card or maybe it was like a hotel key wrapped with a couple of layers of tape. And he said it's something that he keeps in his wallet all the time just so he has some tape on him. So hmm. I thought that was a great idea. So I have that. And he gave me one for me and one for Dave. But is this like blue, like blue tape type? Uh, it could thing? be, but he happened to use uh, camouflage duct tape. Hmm. But uh, it could be any kind of tape, you know. So any kind of credit card, you can keep some tape on in your pocket. So you always have some some tape on you. And uh, in my wallet, I used to always keep a razor blade, you know, a flat razor blade, just so I always have something to be able to cut with. You know, one with the paper wrapped on it, so it's always ready mm-hmm. to go in case I needed to slice my way out of a situation. <laughs> you know, I like the idea of tape on a credit card yeah, especially if it's cool. a real credit card and then yeah. it makes you think twice if you actually have to use it like you hear about <laughs> people putting it on ice in the freezer um <laughs> uh, shoestrings we all have shoestrings so if you ever needed a, a little yep. little mini rope that would that would work and to get you out of a pinch yeah you want i'm laughing when you started talking about this because I, I always like to be tested in a circumstance and so i was online at like one in the morning i was editing and i went across the street to a Dwayne Reed, which is just like a little store that's 24 hours. And I went in to try and get like a, a healthy snack. Of course, I couldn't find anything. So I found a pack of salted cashews. So I'm online waiting and I couldn't wait. The guy in front of me was taking so long. So I cut, I bit the corner of the bag and I went to like tear off the top, but it like went raw. It went crazy. And I went to pull it and like the whole side of the bag tore open and I <laughs> blew like cashews all over the aisle. While I was standing at the register. It's like I just gave it a quick yank and the whole bag ripped into pieces. <laughs> and I dropped almost every single one on the floor. And I looked at the guy and I said, I'm sorry, is there a broom? And he goes, don't worry about it. We'll pick it up. And there were cashews all over the place. So I'm thinking to myself, how can I instantly fix this? So I looked around and there was a pile of newspapers that they were getting ready to cash. And I took one newspaper and I swept up the whole cash register area with the newspaper. <laughs> I put that down and I picked up. He had a right there on the wall a thing of cards uh, phone cards. And so I scooped up all the cashews with the phone cards, piled them into a little pile in my palm, and then hung the two phone cards back up on the pin. <laughs> so within a second, I re- like within like three minutes, I rectified the situation. <laughs> nice. And I just thought to myself, anybody else in the city that dropped an entire bag of cashews on the ground would just walk out of the store and say, sorry. But I was too embarrassed about what had happened. But And hmm. then I asked for a broom and he said, don't worry, we'll clean it up. But I couldn't do that. I had to clean it up. Of course, I paid for them as well. But those little stupid circumstances are like little ways that you constantly get tested to be able to try and figure out how to rectify a situation. Mm -hmm. Either that or or, um, a couple of weeks ago, I went out to my car and I get in the car, I start the car and I get like a a thing on the dashboard. It says you have a flat tire. I was like, what? You know, because the cars, the modern cars have this thing that says you have a flat tire. So I go out and I realize my back tire is flat. 
I'm parked in a spot with a total flat tire. Like, what do you do? There's, there's nowhere even anywhere around here to get air because all the gas stations have been turned into high-rise buildings. And so, and I know that I have one of these things that you use to, to put a plug in your tire. You ever see those things? Mm-hmm. How they fix a hole in the tire? And I keep one of those kits in the car and I haven't needed it in 10 years. So I'm thinking to myself, I hope that kit is still in the car. I haven't seen it. I don't even, I know where it should be. And I go out there and it's there. So I'm like, okay, that's one problem solved. Now I have to find where the hole is on the tire. And I just gently reach around. It's like, and it's nighttime. I reach around and I feel the nail. There's a nail stuck directly in my tire. I pull the nail out. I plug, I do the device. I plug the tire and now I got to get air. How do I get air in the, in the tire? I have this portable air tank that I've had for almost 20 years. And so now I'm like, I know where I put it in an emergency. I'm like, is it still there? I have no idea. So I go to the workshop and it's right where I left it literally 10 years ago. And I fill it with air and it takes me three trips to go to the tire to get enough pressure to drive. (laughs) Oh, man. So I I never had to leave the parking spot and I was able to fix the tire. It put me about 45 minutes off my game where I was about to go. But I was able to fix the tire. Huh. And it's still fixed. I haven't needed to go and get it fixed again. Oh, wow. But just having that little plug tire kit in the car and like, you know, setting up for these future disasters, it's, a, it's basically like hanging a fire extinguisher on the wall and, not, and hoping you'll never need it, but knowing it's always there when you need it. So mm-hmm. these little circumstances test you and your ability. Hmm. So, and that's why I always carry a Zippo lighter too, in case I have to set something on fire. You know, I I kind of took that cue from you for a while. I lost the one that I had. But yeah, I started carrying a lighter too. Not a big one like that, but just a little cheap one. And once I had it in my pocket, I found that I ended up using it a few times. You know, not like in a situation where, oh, no, I really need fire to survive. But like, oh, I could burn this nylon cord to get it yeah. not to unravel. You know, like that's handy. It's it's there. It's funny. I went to a 40th birthday party for a friend of mine the other day. It's a girl. And I'm walking up the block to meet her and some friends for her dinner. And I'm like, oh, I never got her a gift. I could just write like a nice thank you, you know, a nice birthday card. But I went into a little shop and I bought her a Zippo lighter. And everybody gave her stuff at dinner. Everyone's given her stuff. And I gave her the Zippo lighter. She liked the Zippo lighter the most. Nice. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. And I never had a Zippo. No one ever gave me one. And it's like everyone's like giving her expensive perfumes and stuff. And she loved the Zippo lighter for 20 bucks. So you could surprise hmm. somebody with a Zippo lighter. It's a simple gift. And she really, she really, she's like, I use it all the time to like light candles and stuff. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, what else do you do you have on you currently that you carry oh, that could be used? I mean, much, I know you're, you're like a special, you're a special <laughs> case because you're like, I carry 25 knives and 13 ice picks and, you know, all that stuff. But like, what does a normal person have? You're not normal. What does a normal person have on them? <laughs> I have about 10 Sharpies in my pocket right now. And uh, I have my Leatherman, I have razor blade, my ruler, and my tactical pen. I have a, a Micra, my Zippo lighter, my wallet, and on this side, I have my <laughs> flashlight, my pen light. I, I carry a Streamlight nice. flashlight that takes AAA batteries, two AAA batteries. Streamlight is the brand that I carry. They don't pay me or anything, but that's the one. I get them at uh, Cabela's. This happens to be. So, this is a, a legit question. Mm-hmm. Why do you carry a flashlight instead of using the one on your phone? Like, why do you have an extra th- a separate thing for it? Because this is exactly why. About 80% of the time, I'm holding the flashlight in my teeth while I do something with my hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, a, like a cigar. I, and on the end of the tape, 
on the end of my thing is wrapped with electrical tape. Mm-hmm. So I actually have electrical tape when I need it, but it also cushions my two front teeth when I hold my flashlight with my teeth. Oh, nice. Like nice. this. Like this. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but it's like I'm smoking a cigar. But I am constantly, because I need, I need glasses and I need light all the time because I'm becoming an old man. So, so you should mount little tiny lights on your glasses and just leave them there all the time. Don't and then think when you I, need them. Don't think I haven't done that, but those <laughs> batteries go quick. You know, that you could buy those and I've had those. Yeah. But those batteries die quick because they're just little, they're little dot lights. You know, if I could yeah. carry like a battery from a car in a backpack and keep those lights lit all the time, I would do it. But then my shoulders <laughs> well, would hurt. <laughs> well, there's can, a, there's a project right there, right? Like a solar powered uh, two two little LEDs in in the glasses, and mm-hmm, during the day yeah. they they charge up, and at night you can. But I'd have to carry a solar panel on my head all the time, <laughs> like a hat that has a solar panel. On it. <laughs> there That's you go. We can do this. <laughs> I look like I'm carrying a frying pan on my head all day long. <laughs> but the capacitor is the storage in it. But yeah, no, that's my my everyday carry, and uh, the flashlight is something I just can't do without. Yeah, well, I mean, like you know, I know a lot of people carry knives and stuff, and and of course that's a fantastic tool. I mean, I've I've carried a knife since I was a kid just because I could use it for everything. But I think that what really got me interested in this was like the fact that you know the belt. I'd never thought about the fact that the belt was a piece of leather, not just a belt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's everything we have is made of the materials they're made of. And we can look at them as materials for use sometimes, you know, in a pinch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear from people like what non-specific stuff they carry that could be reused or if anybody has an ideas for things that could be reused for other stuff, you know. Yeah, like I said, paracord is the big thing now. Everyone's using yeah. paracord for all kinds of stuff. I like the idea of having just having tape on hand because that's something that doesn't take any, you know, bulk at all or doesn't add any bulk, really. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have thought of adding tape to stuff just to have it around. You know what I do too? I, and it's on a couple of my tools. I can't imagine. I can't think of a circumstance where anybody might have seen it. But I always buy leather strips of leather from because we always go to the horse supply store sometimes to buy stuff. And one thing they always sell for like a few bucks, you buy a Ziploc bag full of leather strands. And they're anywhere between 12 to 24 inches. I always take the long ones and wrap them around the handles of tools that I keep in the truck. So that I always have like a leather cord for whatever. It's just the same thing as power cord, but I happen to like leather better. It seems to have more tactile feel to it. Um, hmm. I always keep that for whatever. And then like sometimes I find like I, I'm carrying a whole bunch of things. And if I have that leather strap on me, I wrap it around a couple of the things I'm carrying. So it's only just a one hand carry as opposed to like a big arm full of junk. You know, so I'm always thinking of ways of condensing things and wrapping a cord around them. And so I can just hold them with one hand. So that's partly why I use a lot of that stuff because I'm always moving between my shop and my apartment and my car and hmm. I always end up dragging a lot of stuff with me. Now, when you have things like that, um, do you end up like resetting it or do you just toss it and get a new one, like add a new one? To uh, your- no, I, I, you know, I'm such a scrounge. If I see a piece of rope in the, in the garbage, I'm like, oh, look at that poor little piece of rope. I take <laughs> it, I untangle it. <laughs> I wrap it around like a Coke can or something to keep it all in order. And then I bring it back to the shop. Poor, look at that poor little piece Aww. of rope. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Pet it. <laughs> no, anytime I see a piece of rope, to me, it's like potential something. So I grab it. Always. And then I do have a ball of twine. And I'm also a hoarder with the twine. Like if I can save it, I save it. But this morning I dropped off my ice picks at my, my office that ships them for me. And I had it's really heavy. Like 100 ice picks weighs like 50 pounds. And... I, I had it all wrapped up with twine and I had it tied in such a knot 
that I reached for my razor knife and I actually paused for a minute. I was like, ah, it's just twine. And I cut it. <laughs> but I was going to try and untie the knot and get it back to like, you know, a six foot strand of uh, twine. I just cut it and threw it in the garbage. But I, I always hesitate. Like Dave and I, whenever we're together, like we just recently moved a milling machine for a friend of mine. And we had to move it across his, his, in his brownstone. We moved it across the floor and then down a set of stairs. And I had a really long piece of rope. And I said to Dave, should I cut it? He goes, don't cut it. I was about to cut it with that. He goes, don't, 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 don't cut it. There's no reason to cut it. So we moved it using this rope, but there was like 25 extra feet laying around. <laughs> and then when we were done, I wrapped it back up and I said to Dave, thank you for not letting me cut the rope. Because I would have been annoyed that I just like cut a hundred foot piece of rope hmm. just simply because it was being inconvenient. So yeah. like we always avoid cutting rope, always untie it, straighten it back out, get it back in order. Hmm. I'm the rope whisperer. That's my new name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor little piece of rope. Aww. <laughs> cool. You guys got anything else on that idea? Or anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I, I, people should submit their stories of survival utilizing their belt. Yeah, or anything, not just their belt. What's your well, everyday carry, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, should, we should do a, an extensive EDC show. Yeah. Talk about all tweet kinds us, of stuff. Tweet us, tweet us pics of, of what, you're carry, what you carry. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, really unique stuff, like, you know non-knife pen kind of things. Yeah. But, you know, that too. You're going to get a lot of handguns from around the country. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Not in New York. I'm, uh, handguns don't exist in New York. I don't know what they are. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was just in Virginia, and they have open carry. Like, anybody that lives there can just walk around. So, just to kill time, I was with my brother. We went into the Harley-Davidson store. We went into the, the gun store, and we went into Dick's Sporting Goods. So, we went into, like, three manly things while we were hanging out in the city waiting for our party to start. And we went into some gun shop and everybody in there has got a big gun on this side. It's just so far and from, hmm. you know, a New Yorker's point of view. It's crazy. It's like, oh, wow, that guy can just like point that thing at me and kill me. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just crazy to think, you know, but that's the culture in Virginia. I'm sure you know, people that are listening. Yeah. I'm going to say, that's right. <laughs> say it to my gun. So be nice. Yes. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, we can talk about what we're watching and stuff. Before we do that, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, um, especially all of them, but especially Make, Build, Modify, Elijah Taylor, Dominic DeFino, John Cornwell, who I got to hang out with in uh, New Orleans. Oh, Super cool. nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luis Gonzalez and Jeremy White. So thank you, everybody, for the support on Patreon. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. And... Um, we used to have a Patreon-only thing that was patrons of a certain level could get a Making It t-shirt. And so there's really only a handful of them out there. But recently... Recently, we have... By the time you hear this, it will be made public where you can purchase your own Making It t-shirt. Anybody. Yes. So, uh, we will post a link in the show notes, but... Uh, you can also find it at jupemodesupply.com slash making dash it. Yes, that, that is a, as a mouthful. But there'll be a link down below, and you can help support the show by purchasing shirts. And um, maybe I will come up with a little reward to 
anybody that has a making it shirt on while we're out at the Bay Area Maker Fair. Ooh, good idea. Yeah. yeah. They get a chocolate we'll, coin. We'll come up with some sort of a shorter URL to make it easier. Yes, yes, we Maybe will. we can do like a redirect from our How about if we're in yeah. San Francisco and you have on a making it shirt, I will give you a 12-inch piece of rope. There you go. <laughs> you'll cut it. You'll, you'll unspool it and you'll cut it right there in front of them. Yep. I'm going to have it wrapped so. around my waist. Perfect. You hear that? Right. Um, so, yes. Good good idea, Bob. We'll do a redirect. Um, makingitpodcast.com slash t-shirt. We'll redirect you to the store. Cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we got t-shirts. And they're black shirts with white logo. That's the, the thing. Uh, which is, you know, the same ones that have been out there for the Patreon supporters. But that's just another way that you can support the show. If you'd like to, you can buy a t-shirt. Um, there's an opportunity there. Um, they are, first of all, they're on high quality shirts. They are on, they're printed on American apparel shirts mm-hmm. and they are screen printed mm-hmm. uh, by a company called Juke Mode Supply out of Toledo, Ohio. And they are selling and shipping the shirts for us. And it also gives us the opportunity to do other things in the future. We could have beer koozies or we could do many colors. So there's a chance in the future that there could be more to our store. Nice. Monogram rope. Wow. <laughs> I'm putting that on the list right now. <laughs> Monogrammed rope. Yeah, 12-inch piece awesome. of rope. I like it. Just thinking. Yeah, you know, it's, just it's a monogram string. It's, an, string. I, it's an idea. That's true. It's monogram rice rope. grains. Grains of rice with a monogram on <laughs> <laughs> Well, what are you guys watching? Anybody watch anything cool? So I recently discovered this this really cool channel. The guy's name is Dave Hackens, and his channel is called Dave Movies. And I don't know if you guys seen this, but he teaches you how to make these machines to recycle plastic into other uses. Oh, wow. Uh, I think I have seen some of those. Yeah, so he has free plans to these different machines that one will chip up the plastic, uh, just like like uh, cleaning bottles and detergent bottles and any kind of plastic that you have around that's HDPE. Um, you can make your own machine that chips it up so you can melt it down. Another machine compresses it. One of the machines that he has free plans for and videos on how to do is how to make, um, Bob, you'll have to correct me on what it's called, but the, the line, the, maybe the filament line for 3d printing. Oh yeah. Just filament. Filament. Um, a machine that makes filament out of recycled plastic that you have around your house. Hmm. So really cool channel. Interesting. Peter Brown's experimented quite a bit with that. Yes. Yeah. This, I mean, this is uh, same page as, as Peter Brown. Mm-hmm. This well, guy wants to change the world and make the world a better place by reusing plastics. Really, really cool. Awesome. So I mentioned uh, Peter Brown. Check out Peter Brown because he's a cool dude and he makes great videos. But I was going to mention Paul Jackman, Jackman Works channel. I, I think one of us might have mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, but I've been watching Paul's stuff, and he's been also shouting me out on Instagram, so I want to return the love. And uh, one other thing, I got stuck in a hotel room this weekend with my brother for that day, and when we were killing time. And on the History Channel, there was a marathon of this show called Forged in Fire. And I, you know, I'm not much for TV, but it was great because it shows a lot of different techniques. So if you watch like five episodes of Forged in Fire, like me and my brother did, you get like a crash course in blacksmithing. Every episode has four different blacksmiths on it that compete to win that episode. 
So we watched 16 different blacksmiths doing stuff within two hours. And it was just a great education just seeing how and, you know, if anybody's interested in, in doing knife making, that's what it's all about. It's about all these kind of backyard blacksmiths getting together and competing and the trials and tribulations. And so, like I said, if you watch it from a maker's point of view, you get this quick, fast education, which go, oh, now when I experiment, I'll keep in mind that these few things that I just watched. So from that point of view, it's a great education show from a, from a television point of view, it's the same old hokey BS that, you know, we all expect from a television show, but there is an education there. So. Awesome. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a guy who did blacksmithing in New Orleans, and he was telling me about one of his professors in school made the point about how blacksmithing was like the most necessary skill. Yeah. Or he, I can't remember point. how he said it, but it was something to that effect. He was like, you know, so you think about you make, uh, you make houses you make those out of wood, right? Well, how do you cut wood with tools? How do you get the tools to cut the wood? You go to a blacksmith. You know, it's like everything trailed back to yeah. blacksmith is the first person that has to do a job so that everybody else can do their they job. They make nails, hinges, wheels. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It was Harnesses. really interesting. I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it, so I it's not something I ever thought about before. And it was really interesting conversation that he, you know, pointed out. But Yeah, um, it's something I'm experimenting with more and more. I love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when or where or how I would ever get into that, but I'd love to give it a shot one of these days. Um, so this, everybody listening has probably already seen this video, but I'm going to point it out anyway. Um, Simone, and I can't remember how to say her last name because it's not pronounced like it's spelled. Gertz or something? It's spelled Gertz, but it's like Yurtz or something. Yeah, it's the pronunciation Swedish. is completely dynamic. It's totally different. So I'm sorry, Simone, not that you listen to the show, but I butchered your last name. Anyway, she is now, we've talked about her. She makes the silly robots, you know, like all the crazy stuff. And she just joined Tested. So she's going to be doing stuff with uh, Adam Savage and Norm and that whole crew, which is really awesome for her. Um, but the first one that she did with them was she and Adam made a popcorn machine that goes on top of her head. It's like a beer helmet, but it's popcorn. And then these two little hands scoop the popcorn into your mouth. It's just really funny. She's just, she's fun to watch on camera. She's really silly and has a, a good presence. Yeah, so, I, saw, I saw that on the make channel. It was great. Yeah. So, you know, just a uh, shout out to that video and just best of luck to her for moving on with tested. Yeah. Very awesome. cool. Moving back to America from what I understand. Yeah. She'll be in uh, San Francisco. So hopefully she'll be there at maker fair. She's going to bring her boat with her. I don't think so. Not Possibly. sure what's happening to the boat. Yeah. So, Simone, let us know what's going on with the boat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she listens. No doubt. You know. Cool. Um, you guys got anything else? I think that's it. That's it. Awesome. Well, you know, you know what I got? What'd you get? Just wanted to say I love you guys. Aww. Aww. I, I wasn't expecting rope. that. To all the rope out there in the world. I love Jimmy loves you. I love rope and string. And you too. I love you too, Jimmy. Uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I do, but... <laughs> cool. See you guys next week. Later I on. Love, I love you, bro. <laughs>